What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan Morning. You can check me out all over social platforms at Zan Morning. And we're back with part two of my interview with the wrestling card king, Rob England. If you missed part one, go back and check that out, along with all the other great episodes in this show's archives. Today we discuss using WrestlingTradingCards.com as a reference and how PSA uses that when they're grading wrestling cards as well as the future of the wrestling card market and why wrestling fans just aren't collecting wrestling cards like they do all the other merch and memorabilia and much more. If you dig this episode or any of my other content that I'm putting out, please check out the links in the show notes for all the other things that I'm involved in. But let's go ahead and jump right into part two with my chat with Rob England. Do you think it's a pretty good assumption that um, we'll use WrestlingTradingCards.com as a reference? Their checklist, would you would you say, hey, if this person's got a card, if it exists on that checklist, you're pretty much good to go to send it in? That's one of the, the best sites to have as far as to work with PSA. Okay. So I, I would say that if it's on their site, you know, I, I would think it's about 99% chance that you'll be able to get your card through. That's what I've been referencing because I've, I've got some obscure stuff, you know, promo cards or whatever. And if I don't see it on there, I generally don't send it in, so... That's what and, and back in the day, actually, I would talk to them and provide them some of the backup and have them put it up on their site and then be able to work with PSA as far as referencing, you know, WTC and kind of working with both, um, both of them right. to make sure I get my stuff through. So that's what we got to do, especially in the wrestling community. We all got to work together to get these things done. Um, you mentioned way earlier, I'm kind of bouncing around here, uh, trading. That's something that I I don't get to do a lot nowadays. Do you get to trade with many people now, or is it mostly just sales? I love to trade personally, you know, and it just reminds me of being a kid and, exactly. and how I grew up. And there's a certain nostalgia of trading. And, and it also allows me, you know, for example, if I'm a couple cases deep in this Panini product, you know, and if I'm able to add some other pieces to my collection, then by releasing some of that, then that, that's a great way to do it. And as I was saying earlier, I don't do well having multiples or several of one issue. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm a little freer in that regard of letting that kind of stuff go. We've seen a, and speaking of this 97 Panini stuff, we've seen a crazy run on just the hobby in general, but wrestling cards over the past, I would say six months, we've seen kind of a gradual increase over the last few years, you know, slow and steady. But then all of a sudden we're seeing these 85 Hogan's sell for like monstrous amounts of money. And you talked about a supply and demand a little bit earlier. Do you see the demand for wrestling cards either kind of staying where it is slowly going up, or do you think it will ever go back down to where it was before? I personally don't but you've been in this longer than me. So I'd like to get your opinion. Yeah, I, I think, you know, <laughs> it's left the barn and it's not going back to where it was before. And before wrestling had a really bad stigma attached to it. And when I joined PSA and joined the boards and if I shared a wrestling card, I either got crickets, nothing, or some of the responses that I'd get back is, you know, why are you collecting this trading card of a guy in 
shorts or, you know, bare chested men? Why, why is that something that you're collecting? And so it got no respect at all. And I think the fact today is that when people look at it as a viable trading card, then more and more people are jumping in. And of course, they're going to jump in at the high-end guys first, you know, the Hogan's, the Rock, and Andre, et cetera. But now, you know, and, and maybe even with something with the Young Rock series, you'll see more people, you know, yeah. jumping into, maybe they'll jump into a Wild Samoans or Iron Cheek and stuff like that. But it, it's not going back. And of course, it could go down a little bit. But, you know, that bottom floor of what it used to be, it's never going back there again. That opens up some more questions. It's a great conversation. Uh, so we see a market for a lot of these big name, high-end guys, Hogan Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H. You know, you could just keep going. But then there are other, like, wrestling cards. You mentioned the Samoans. Not near as popular to the mainstream. Do you see those cards kind of going up in value going forward? Or do you, I mean, they're going to just naturally. But do you think they're going to be a little bit more stagnant than that other really, I'll, I'll call it pop culture wrestling? I think it's just going to be a gradual rise, you know, for those guys. You know, for example, I just saw Shane McMahon, SmackDown rookie oh, in it, PSA 8.5, go for $200. And that never, ever would have happened before. Or you see uh, Rocky Johnson, and of course, he's a main character on on the show that just, you know, aired earlier this week. And that was, what, was that a $500 sale? Something like it was around there, yeah. Whereas Wrestling All-Stars, PSA 8. So, you know, I, I definitely believe that, um, you know, there, there's room to grow. And even bringing some real wrestling fans into the hobby, because a lot of wrestling fans weren't card collectors. And so they're the ones that are going to gravitate to those type of characters and to build the market for those characters. That's another good question. Uh, why do you think wrestling fans don't aren't, aren't as into trading cards as they are, say, you know, picking up t-shirts or action figures? It seems like sports fans are gravitated to trading cards. And if it's not trading cards, it's game used memorabilia. I personally don't see as many wrestling fans doing that the same. What do you think that is? You know, it's hard for me to put a finger on it, to be honest. I know that there's a big market, you know, for the Funko Pops and the before it was the signed 8 by 10s and yeah. there's its own community as well. But I do believe that the market is expanding or some of the people that really weren't into memorabilia at all, but were just wrestling fans growing up and they're, they're coming into cards. You know, we've seen it expand in the past. When I didn't win an auction, I could probably name who the person was that won it. And it was so that, small. You know, that's not the yeah. case anymore. You know, it'd be like, hey, David, you won that auction <laughs> from me. Or, hey, Joey Graven, you got this, you know. But, you know, I don't recognize the feedback, you know, score numbers on eBay, in, you know, anymore. And that just tells me that the market's growing. Speaking of the market growing, this I, I meant to ask this earlier, and I got sidetracked with other questions. Do you think wrestling could actually start appealing to even? A, I mean, we've already seen it. Uh, it's it's weird. We're just talking about wrestling fans not buying trading cards. I'm actually seeing more sports card guys getting into wrestling cards, but it seems like they're actually having fun getting into it. It's not like a monetary thing. 
do you think wrestling could actually end up being a massive market because it has maybe a little bit more of a fan base worldwide and whether you're male, female, old, young, as opposed to traditional sports? That's kind of a strange question, but. The, the, the key here is that I don't even think it needs a massive market. All it needs okay. is the market. And, and to me, the difference there is the market will be there and, and the collectibles will rise just due to the fact that when they produce these wrestling cards, they, they didn't mass produce them. And now for cards that I used to think were massively produced, the 85 tops, the 1990 classic, or if you look at any of that product now, it's not there on eBay. Right. As far as, un you know, unopened product. And of course there's some 85s, but it's pretty, pretty pricey. But, you know, if you want some 1995 WCW main event, it's not there. 1990 classic, I thought would never run out. About the only cards that are pretty plentiful are the 1991 Impel. And that's about it. And even you those know? are starting, you know, I used to, I could pick up boxes of those for, you know, 10 bucks and now they're 30, 40, 50. It's, and I don't even, do you know of anything in there that's really worth chasing? There's like one Ric Flair card I really like where he's got his suit on and he's doing the four. But other than that, I mean, there's not really much to chase in there. I guess people just want to try to, you know, get those PSA 10s out of the packs. Yeah. And the thing is, though, is once you slab something, I think you win. I felt oh, like yeah. I've won every time I've slabbed something. So in the past with those Impel boxes, as you say, you could buy the whole thing for 15 bucks. And if you're willing at the time to put in seven, eight dollars on it, you know, maybe you make 20 bucks, you know, and maybe you don't make 20 bucks, but let's just say you get $20 as the final result. You're still doubling your money. Easy. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, that that's still winning. And I feel like all through the years of me slabbing things at PSA for the last 14 years, I've never took less than what I put into it. Yeah, that's, uh, and I'm assuming you can just, you just keep rolling that snowball of money, just, you know, buying more stuff with what you sold and just keep it going, keep slabbing stuff. And you like, you know, I like to say if you're moving football analogy, if you're moving the ball five yards, every play, you can't lose. Exactly. You don't have to be in the Kansas city chiefs. And hit those <laughs> home runs. yeah, you, know, you can ground and pound. Yep. All right. So last question, this is a, maybe a little bit of a lengthier question, but I really want to help some people with this. Everyone sees your collection, David's collection, other people's collections, flashing these super high end, you know, cards that the, the Hogan 82s, the Ric Flair 82s, now the 85 Hogan's, which were like $20 six months ago. Uh, people see these big collections. Maybe they don't know where to start or they don't have the funds to do it. Where would you suggest a collector just getting into wrestling cards or somebody that is a diehard collector that all of a sudden wants these high-end pieces? What would be your advice on where to start and where to go from there? Yeah, that is a good question. And it's something that I have seen asked before where people feel like they've been priced out of certain markets, like the right. wrestling hall is the main example. But, you know, to me, the, there, there are still opportunities. You know, if maybe you sit back and, and you find a 1985 Wrestling All-Stars magazine, you're going to get 54 cards. And I would say that you really haven't seen the, the price jumps for a set like that. 
that that's a good opportunity. And maybe it's not a, even a particular set, but looking at lots that are available on eBay. And I know that you've talked about this on you know, previous episodes that you've had, where you take what you want and then you know, utilize some of those extras to sell. And yeah, and you mentioned doing said, that earlier yourself, buying those. Yeah, get the ball rolling. You know, making those small little gains. And I know that you said that you you started very, you know, small. Yep. Ten dollars. <laughs> Ten dollars. And and you've accumulated some pretty and you know impressive cards yourself. And so that there's it's still there. And one of the pieces of, of advice that you gave, and I think it was really sound, is if you could buy complete sets. Because yeah. many times one or two cards, maybe you don't want the stars, or maybe you do, but you know, maybe you take those one or two star cards, sell them, and then all of a sudden you have, you know, 73 other cards that you could put into your collection and, and move forward from there. So, you know, th there's some strategies out there. And what I always say, too, is just collect what you love and, or, or what you believe yeah. in. Yeah, and, and general, you're, I, you're a prime example of that generally, I mean, you started collecting and all of a sudden the stuff that you love and want is now the top sought after stuff. Yeah, I, I even had someone contact me privately and they were saying, hey, it doesn't seem like, you know, some of these folks think these 1997 paninis are going to be, you know, all that great. And I said, well, why are you concerned about asking other people? Do you like yeah. it or do you not? Yeah. So, you know, don't be concerned if so-and-so doesn't like it. Right. You know, I said last question. I got, I guess, one more. Um, talking about opportunities, what do you think of modern Topps product? I'm a big fan of the Chrome and Finest that WWE and Topps put out recently. Some of the other stuff was a little lackluster. Do you see some opportunities in there, and do you personally like any of it? I'm not into modern, and I'll have to say that it's probably bitten me more than it's helped me. And I maybe that's something that I need to develop as a collector as well, because I remember you know, first getting into the game and I saw the 85 tops and I was like, oh, this is so abundant. Who really cares? I could pick this up anytime I want. And now today, you know, that's high end stuff. Right. right. And so that kind of bit me. And it's the same thing as, you know, as far as the 1998 comic images, you know, of the cards with the rock. Oh, that's just a little dollar card and I could get it anytime I want. And then all of a sudden that that's a pretty decent card in a itself as well so right. now yeah i've actually been late to react and if i was smart i would probably collect more modern while it's you know a lot cheaper and i know that some of the modern product can be a little bit pricey for some and but aesthetically it's a good looking um product and chrome seems to always be popular with collectors so again if people enjoy it, I say go for it. It just hasn't been for me. Do you think there's any part of the current product as far as the actual in-ring and what's presented on television that maybe is affecting your interest of the newer stuff also? Yeah, I don't watch the, the newer product. I like more so the, really the 80s characters. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit of a historian. So my yeah. collection goes back to 1887. And, the Love that stuff. and I worked all the way up from there. And 
kind of learned about the history of the sport as I was collecting. And I just found that fascinating. But yeah, I, I would say after the attitude era, that it hasn't really been there for me. Although I do, you know, appreciate the Kurt Angles, the Brock Lesnar's right. of the world who comes from my background in, in wrestling. Man, what a great conversation today, Rob. Thank you for all that information. I'm hoping that it will be able to help everybody that watches this. Before we go, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can check out all your collection. Yeah, so I'm on eBay as Wrestling Card King. If you go to the PSA registry, all of my sets are Wrestling Card King. I'm also at Wrestling Card K1 on Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram, but it's more of a personal account. Every now and then I'll post a little bit of wrestling, but mostly on Twitter and on the PSA set registries where you can find me. Guys, go check out his account. Make sure you can see all of these cards we've been talking about today. And like I said, learn something in the process. Rob, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Huge thanks again to Rob for taking his time to chat with me. It really is an honor to get to talk to some of the people in the hobby who are inspirations, people that have paved the way for many of us, bright minds within the hobby that got in on the ground level of things and just thinking differently. And again, I've said this before, when I'm putting out content, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just putting out a perspective out there to get people to think. I just don't think people think enough in the hobby. If you like this episode, if you like any of my other past episodes, please consider subscribing and share it with a friend. Share it with a wrestling fan. Make sure to follow Rob on Twitter. Link in the show notes to his profile. While you're there, check out the links to all the other ways you can help show your support for my content and keep this content going on a weekly basis. And until next time, and the most important thing possibly, keep collecting. Keep having fun. We'll see you next time.